My name is Matt Brown. Cut it to 11. Jokic just gets it off in time. It's up. Oh, it's good. Of course it goes in. Jokic from downtown. Anthony Davis just stares at him. And let's start the show. Uh, it's 2.30 a.m. here in Paris. Victor, you found out a couple of moments ago you'll be following the footsteps of David Robinson, of Tim Duncan, great French players Boris Diaw and Tony Parker. What are your emotions right now? Uh, can't really describe them, you know. It's just my, my heart's beating. I got every, everyone I, I love, everyone I know around me. It's a really special moment I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. There's American fans and NBA fans across the world are still learning about you. What is the NBA, what are the San Antonio Spurs getting with Victor Wembanyama? Um, you know, a uh, team player. I'm going to make everything to, to win a, as many games as I can. And uh, ace, I, I'm trying to win a ring ASAP, so be ready. What's happening, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. The conference finals have started. The NBA draft lottery is past us. The future is bright everywhere in the league. Focusing on the rest of this postseason, the Heat and the Celtics have tipped off. The Nuggets and the Lakers have tipped off. And a battle for the East and the battle for the West has begun. Which one of these final four teams are going to the finals? We're going to break down how we see that going. Plus, we have a reaction to the NBA Draft Lottery. The biggest Spurs fan in the East Coast, Fresh Faces New Ideas, has a lot to say about his team winning the Victor Wembeyama sweepstakes. And we'll see how the other 14 teams in the Draft Lottery are going to unfold, I should say. Plus, we talk about John Morant being a real knucklehead, getting caught with a firearm once again on Instagram Live, getting suspended, disappointing so many people, and we have a lot of things to say regarding that. But before we get into all these juicy topics regarding the NBA, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show. Across all our social media platforms, we're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Prod Cobble Pod, we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Check us out on Facebook as well. Look up Productive Conversations and me, Matt Brown. So yes, the Productive NBA crew is here. Today we're going to just have fresh faces and bars the God. Hayden is doing something. I don't know what he's doing, um, but he said he couldn't make it. And then Alex actually worked at the NBA Draft Lottery. So we'll hear from them next week, hopefully. But we have bars and faces here to talk all things NBA with me. So let us get into the conversation. Let's preview the conference finals, East Coast and West Coast. Let's eulogize the teams that were knocked out, the Knicks, the Suns, the Warriors, and the Sixers. Let's talk John Morant and then the NBA draft lottery after that. So lots to do, lots to get into. So let's have some fun. Bars and faces, it's your turn. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Lots to do, lots to talk about. The NBA has had quite the week. The Eastern and Western Conference Finals have tipped off. See who's going to make it to the finals out of this very intense Final Four. 
The NBA draft lottery is behind us, and we have a very interesting draft lo- uh, NBA draft ahead, especially these next three picks, or I should say who's picking in the top three. And the one team that won the big Victor Wembeyama stakes, we'll definitely get into that. Talk about John Morant becoming a knucklehead and getting in trouble for the second time in two months. And uh, we'll have a lot of more fun with that. But lots to do. Let's cover the NBA. Our crew tonight is Fresh Faces, New Ideas, and Bars the God. What's up, gentlemen? How you guys doing? Oh, man. What's going on? What's going on, Bob? Nothing. There's a lot to get into. There's a lot of fun things to talk about. So let's get into those fun things. So we are here to preview the conference finals, the ones that have started officially already. So we will start with the start of the conference finals. Then, as I said, little jaw, little draft lottery, and we eulogize the teams that are out of it. So let's start it right here with the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers and the Suns are your final two in the Western Conference. Game one is behind us. The Nuggets take it on on their home court with a very, very interesting game. Uh, two offenses were going at it. Only a couple of comebacks within that game. And it just led to an intense game by Nikola Jokic, and he took it over, and uh, the Nuggets take a early lead. So if we talk about those quick stats for Jokic, who clearly seems to be the difference maker here in this 132-126 victory, Nikola Jokic, he gets a triple-double. He hits that triple-double in the third quarter, and he ends with 34 21 and 14 going 12 for 17 from the field. And pretty much if Jokic is going to be Jokic, the true MVP, are the Nuggets going to sweep the Lakers? Let's start with that. No, the Lakers are going to get one. And actually thinking about this, like this, when the Nuggets win the title, this season is going to be remembered. Like this MVP race is going to be remembered up there with the Carl Malone, um, Carl Malone MVP. It's, it's going Jordan. to be like clearly yeah. Jokic is the best player. Everyone knows it, but someone felt bad for a beat that they kind of hyped him up and he won it. But Jokic is the best player. This is this is going to be the modern day Carmelona MVP, which is like crazy that that's where Embiid's like career is right now. Oh, yes. And we definitely when we eulogize the Sixers, we have a lot to say with Embiid. But clearly Jokic is the guy with a chip on his shoulder and he just took over. And even when you had players on the Lakers really step up, they had a really great game offensively. Anthony Davis was pretty solid, scoring over 40 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, LeBron facilitating was just a rebound away from a triple-double. Austin Reeves with 42 minutes and make it an impact, but this Denver team now are healthy and have everybody they need and it seems like they are going to be a team to really, it's going to be really tough to knock out. And ultimately, you see this as a short series, regardless. Do you feel the same way, two bars? Nah, not at all. I feel like the Lakers actually have a bit of fight. You know, um, like, yeah, Jokic, Jokic was good. He had a great game. But Anthony Davis playing like that, too, is pretty prolific. So I, be, I believe, like, no, honestly, the Nuggets do take game one, yeah. But I think the Lakers got the next two games. That's just my opinion. 
And if they do take the next two games, I'm giving the Lakers a shot to win this. Seven, straight up. Okay, but like, so the game was pretty much a blow, except for the one mid the mid game adjustment, which was the switch. Rui onto Jokic instead and basically let Anthony Davis patrol the paint. And this happened basically. So in the middle of the game, it, it congested things a little bit. And that's why the Lakers came back because the, the Nuggets offense kind of stalled. But that's not a that's not a series saving shift. Like this is not you're going to put um, uh, Drew Holiday to lock up uh, Chris Paul. This is not you put, um, you know, uh, Scotty Pippen on. Uh, uh, what's his face? Um Gary Payton. Like, this is not that type of shift. It was like an in-game adjustment that would have been the best shot they had at that game. It's not going to be a serious thing because you cannot rely on Rui to play superior defense for an entire 42 minutes, especially when you need his offense. Like, like he's not going to be able to do that. So, I don't know where the the defensive stuff comes from for them to really be able to hang with this team. Well, if you look at it, it's more so I believe that they do have a decent amount of defensive players, long players, players with long arms. All they really got to do is disturb Jokic's offense. They just got to stop from scoring. That, I mean, now, minor switches like that in-game would stop them from getting fucking 40 points. What might, might, like, it'll force them to pass the ball more. We all know that Jokic is probably, like, what, the best passing big man in the game. So, like, we got to look at it, like, force him to pass the ball. We know he can offensively score. He's the MVP. And, yeah, he's the unsung MVP. We all know that they was bound to give Jokic a sympathy MVP, and I feel like this was the one. I agree with that. Um, but, yeah, like, it's more so – it's not that it's a series-saving switch. It's more like Ham noticed that he can make the switch. So now it's like, how do we make Jokic uncomfortable? Do they have enough players to make them uncomfortable? Do they have the right players to make them uncomfortable? I feel like they do. But, but they don't. Like, they, they just don't. Like, this is kind of like a – um. they're kind of going to treat this kind of like Dirk, where you kind of put that smaller, wiry guy on him who could kind of move him off. But you can't because Jokic is fat, and he's going to body it, whoever it is. So, really, the adjustment is basically – And he's got um, the shot, too. Yeah. Look at that buzzer. Right. He's, he's, like a really, he's, he's a good shooter, so he can pull him out of the paint anyway. And it's not like – Jokic doesn't need to 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 go for 30. Like he that's not even in him to like go for scoring. He'll do it if you force him to do it, but his first instinct is to pass. That's why people yeah. like Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are perfect running mates for her because they have no ability. They they Michael Porter Jr.'s first basketball instinct is to shoot. His 12th basketball instinct is to shoot, and then he'll look to pass it. Like that's perfect for them. They don't care. Like it's Grant. They, they just don't have an answer. It has to be Anthony Davis to straight up guard Jokic. But the, the problem with that is you have no backline after. Exactly. So I feel and, – and Rui Hachimura, he's not this prolific scorer where it's like the Lakers need him as a backbone for their offense. You know what I'm saying? So if they make him guard, like, Jokic for at least 20 minutes, come on. That won't kill him. That won't kill him. And they yeah, can well, score. It's not that good defender He's not that good a defender to hold the, to 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 ask that much of him. He's he is a good scorer. He was their best player basically offensively in the Memphis series. They need one of their they need somebody other like LeBron. Maybe you're gonna well, LeBron kind of um, 
but AD is going to generally score. They need some combination of Russell, Reeves, or Hachimura to pop every single game because they have to keep up with with um the Nuggets. Like if if you're ranking players when you're taking it's like Jokic, AD, LeBron, and then it's like Murray, Porter. Like when is the next uh, Laker player you're taking? Yeah, they're not that deep to to make that such an adjustment happen. And yeah. Denver is deeper. They have like if you're gonna throw bodies, they could throw Thomas Bryan at him. Like like the Lakers don't have the length. And 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 to they got fair, Vanderbilt. They could throw Vanderbilt at him. Like yeah, Vanderbilt would do all right. He'll he'll do, but he doesn't have the offensive capabilities that that Rui has. Yeah, he like doesn't. that's the thing. But you don't need him for the offense. You just need him for the defense. And then you got boys like um, Russell. Russell had an off game. But when when D'Angelo's on, he's on. Schroeder, he's just going to do what Schroeder does. You know what I'm saying? Hachimura had 17 points. It was solid. But, like, obviously his his value came in guarding Jokic, even though it was a late game. It was a late game adjustment. Yeah, but that was, more, that was less that Rory certainly turned into, like, like you know, the Grant Williams with the Giannis stopper for, for like, a couple of years because of how he played. Like, it's less that Rory turned into that and more of, Oh shit! This was a mid-game thing that they weren't ready for, which they'll be ready for next time. Like they'll they'll have game plans now for when they do something weird and switch off AD and to have him in the paint. Like that's because that's what their ideally teams have started doing. They you keep your best shot blocker on like a, a guy who hides in the corner so that he can come over. Um, but it's not like they don't have a, the fiber. And look, to be fair, this. This Lakers season is is a success. Like if losing to this Nuggets team is not a uh, a bad thing. Like the fact that they made it to the conference finals with LeBron basically playing on one foot is a positive for this team. They have the ability now to build on that. They know that they have guys who they can then now rest and prepare AD for uh, AD and LeBron for next year. It's not like this is this is a much better situation for them than they were five months ago. Like. This is a success. Like, yes, every year LeBron doesn't win titles considered a failure. But, no, this is a success for them. You can't knock this Nuggets team. They're going to win the title. You know what sucks about this is the fact that you're making a case for um, load management, especially with AD. And we know load management has been a crux in the regular season. But it seems to work. At least make these teams competitive like that. Well, also, LeBron's almost 40. The dude's playing, he needs surgery on the foot, and 80's made out of paper mache. Like, mm-hmm. some guys you got to load manage. Like, Kawhi is, is the worst example of it. He's, like, incapable of playing three three months straight, like, at all. Like, like it, it's, it's crazy because, like, he was amazing. Like, when he plays at his peak, he's, like, a top-five player. Uh, but, yeah. If you have older players, you should be resting them for for this point. And LeBron does that all the time. And this Lakers team now has this the the infrastructure to do that for next season. And they Listen. are putting the minutes in. Like they are all these plus forty minutes player uh yeah. minutes. I mean, That's this is when he plays, but impressive. I mean he still has he's still he needs sur- he's gonna have surgery right after the season ends. Mm. You still count LeBron out. Like and I like I feel like honestly He's one of the better players when it comes to defense in the playoffs. When it comes to like post defense, you gotta you gotta kind of give it to him. LeBron's gonna give it. LeBron's gonna get his. He's got a forty point game in his stash just for this series. He's gonna at least. Yeah, that's why I gave them one game. 
He's going to yeah. go, listen, listen, 80s, 80 had a 40-point game, right? Boom. Russell's about to have a 30-point game coming up soon. LeBron's going to have a 35-point game. And then AD's probably going to have two more 30-point games. Grabbing like 20 boards. Because if you really look at it, they got killed on the boards. Yeah, Jokic had 21 boards himself. What's their answer to that? They don't have another. Who who's the other big guy who's going to rebound? Rui. Like like Rui. <laughs> like listen, you, have to, you have to throw Mo Bamba out there. Yeah, they hurt. should throw Mo Bamba out there. Something you hurt. need. Listen, uh, <laughs> they need they need they need size though. That's that's the thing about it. It doesn't matter if he's going to get bodied. They just need to disrupt this man a little bit. That's it. Jamal Murray. I don't know what they're going to do about Jamal Murray. We're we're talking about Jokic. Like Murray didn't have thirty points. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, it, it's still it's still scary. Like, offensively, them boys are good. They're great. But I feel like their problem is going to be defense. They, Nuggets they, lose they, this. They the Nuggets just, lose this because defense. They not, they they're not going to lose this because of defense. The Lakers aren't an offensive team that's going to, to light them up into a point where you have to worry about it. I think they did a fantastic job against Phoenix. The only reason they dropped both games against Phoenix is because Devin Booker turned off, turned all of his sliders to 99. And literally played two K games for two for two straight games, but the defense is fine. The, the Lakers aren't. The, the Lakers scored one hundred twenty six points on them. Yeah, I always feel like once you score more than one hundred points, defense needs to be questioned. Even Miami, like even they're a great defensive team. When they let teams get over one hundred, I'd be like, "Come on, man, what's going on?" Like one hundred twenty six points. Let's say. That Jokic didn't have that 30-point game, 40-point game. Let's say Jokic had a 20-point game. The Lakers win that. 126 points, their defense got their defense got to be questioned. Honestly, I'm looking at it like that. And Michael Porter Jr. is not a defensive player. Jamal Murray does have some defense. Jokic ain't that big of a defensive player. Well, no. So here's the thing with Jokic. He's not an AD defensive player. He's Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's doing a good job. Uh Jokic is is he's never going to be a guy who's going to be the backbone of your defense. Like, but he did he did a, he's done a really good job of staying in front of people. Like, he's not going to get thirty blocks, but he's going to be able to disrupt because he's smart. Like, he's plotting and he's he's kind of like a shittier shot blocker version of, of um, Brook Lopez, where Brook Lopez understands how to like he knows where to be and he's got fast hands, so he's able to disrupt stuff. Like, he just it just. Every time I watch him run, it's just mind-boggling. This is the best player in the league. He's so goofy looking. <laughs> Dude, I mean, you know when he got drafted, second round was it 43rd pick? His actual draft wasn't televised. It was he was literally drafted in the middle of a commercial on NBA TV. Yeah. Nobody yeah. saw this coming. Listen. And he, yeah, and there, there was a when they traded, there was a real uh, argument of are you gonna keep uh uh, Joker, jo- uh, Jokic, or are you going to keep Yusuf Nurkic? Like, imagine what Portland would be right now if they got uh, Joker instead of Nurkic. And with his combo of Dame Lillard, you know, you mentioned Carl Malone. That could have been what the Utah Jazz's potential was with a stellar big man and a point guard on his prime. But Listen. basketball's funny like that. And yeah, Jokic doesn't look like he's supposed to be the stellar NBA player, but he is a true freak of nature. And and can you count on can you count on KCP to have another twenty one point game? KCP yeah. was on the Lakers, like one game, hot. 
Next game, cold. Next game, hot. Next five games, cold than the, than the fucking Eskimo's nose. Like, so what are we really talking about out here? Like, the the Nuggets, if you looked at their scoring from last the last series, they have enough even scoring that they don't need somebody to to pop off. They have enough guys who can pop off. Like, if it's not him, it'll be Porter Jr. or it'll be Aaron Gordon going for more. Like, they'll they'll we'll they're going to get more open shots. Like, it's it, it's very jarring to watch the difference between the the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference when it comes to scoring. Like, I've watched, like, pretty much every single Miami game because that's usually the game that's on when I get home. Um, it's a struggle for them to put the ball in the bucket. Like, almost every single Eastern Conference series has been a struggle for them to score. Like, the West is a totally different game. Like, them boys can shoot. Yeah. And especially when every single one of them, and they're all facilitators too, and they just work better with it. They've all better have, specifically the Nuggets, all have a better um, basketball IQs. And if you were watching Jokic during the season, especially, you know, and all, I happen to watch a lot of Nuggets this year in late uh, ESPN games. They, they just, you're right, their field goal percentage is insane. And, with that, I will lean towards more of uh, Fresh Faces' prediction. I think it'll be a shorter series and in five. But it's all about game two here. And we'll see, especially if the Lakers lose at home, that should really decide it all. And when we check back in next week, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. So with that, why don't we transfer to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat are going at it. Rematch from the bubble matchup. By the way, the uh, Western Conference bubble match is a rematch. This is sorry, the Western Conference rematch. Why am I sorry? The Western Conference <laughs> Finals was a bubble matchup as well. So now doing it on the Eastern side, we have the Celtics and the Heat. The Heat, the eight seed, the Celtics, the two seed. They're playing game one right now. Let me ask you guys, after the Celtics played a game seven where they kicked the ass of the Sixers, then we have the Heat taking care of business against the Knicks, winning it in six. Where are we seeing this? Do we see the Celtics returning to the finals and maybe have a little more of an edge with the new coach? Or do we see the Heat, who they are also having an improbable season, but they have their struggles offensively as well. It's definitely a much harder matchup for the Heat. I'll first go with the Heat fan here. We'll get the bias out of the way, or non-bias, and then we'll hear what Faces has to say. Tell me, why do you think your Heat might have the edge against this very good Celtics team? I'm wanting. I'm hungry. We got seven undrafted players. Um, yeah. Yeah, going hard, playing big minutes, rotation pieces, every single one of them. Um, like Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, boys out there scoring, putting up big numbers. I mean, Duncan less so this year, but Gabe, um, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, these boys is really putting in the work. Like um, Jimmy is really on his dog bag. Uh, had multiple prolific games this this uh this playoffs, and he still manages to not be in that same hunched over position when we saw him in the in the um in the finals back in the bubble. So like, if he could do that, I feel like his condition is better. Um, Bam still got to step up more. How Laurie is actually playing, like you know what I'm saying. Um, 
Eric Spolcher is a great coach, as you know, um, two-time two-time NBA um, champion coach already. So you got to look at the experience they got over there and the coaching staff. But as far as like on the floor, the Celtics definitely got it. Like uh, Malcolm Brogdon's great. He's a good player, six man of the year. Um, Brown Brown could go off at any minute. Tatum just had a he just came with fifty point one game historic game seven. Um, you know Marcus Smart got good defense, but I feel like I feel like Miami. I feel like Miami's uh being slept on offensively. They can snap at any moment. Pretty good from the three, and Jimmy Butler's just been dogging this year in the playoffs. So you know, playoff Jimmy. So I'm going with. Let's hear that rebuttal faces. They just don't have the firepower. Like like this is a different team. The the Bucks were in shambles. The the Knicks certainly didn't have this level of firepower. It's 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 a it's a different thing to go up against this Boston team. Now, granted, this is a very weird Boston team, and they're very prone to kind of doing dumb shit for quarters and like blowing leads. And Jason Tatum has done a couple of disappearing acts, so they have chances to steal games. They certainly have the better coach. Um, it's just going to be tough for them to find the offense, and like. Yeah, they got guys who can pop off, but they're they're smaller. Like they they are smaller than the than the Celtics. The Celtics just have more options. Um, it, the, a lot of the Miami guys are kind of like one way guys. Like Duncan Robinson's a one way guy. Um, like you know they'll probably take a couple, but I don't know if they can hang for like a full seven game series. And if they 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 manage to win this series, they're goddamn warlocks. Like what like what does it take to kill this team? Shambles or not, shambles or not, they destroyed the Bucks. Um, yeah, the Knicks, like you said, Knicks no had had no business being in the playoffs. Jalen Brunson, basically. no, they had no business being in that series. Well, that's not true. They kicked the shit out of Cleveland. They had no shot winning the series. Um, I don't know, like, but look at Boston's road to the fucking to, to the Western to the Eastern Conference Finals, like. They struggled their first set of games. Well, Philly was Philly is better than either of the teams. Uh, well, that that's a true. I mean, they're not. As- Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid came in came into the series hurt. If they had a healthy Joel Embiid, I don't think we'll be talking about. We'll we'll talk about Philly. Right like yeah. I, 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 look, I think Boston's just deeper. I think they just had the bodies. I think maybe if a couple guys weren't as hurt on uh, Miami, I mean look. Again, yeah, we like, like we're talking about a different story right now. Yeah, maybe, but they would still throw Tyler Fury on every single pick and roll, and yeah. like, like, and you know, it's it's going to depend on how much you know if Rob Williams gets hurt, or you know, there's probably going to be one stupid ass Al Horford game where he drops, where he turns back the clock or something. Um, but they're they're just deeper. It's a deeper team, um, and and look. It's going to be like, I don't think they're going to get blown out. Like, I don't think we're going to see like a 30 point drubbing um, in any of these games, unless Miami gets like stupid hot and hits like 10 threes in a quarter or something. But I, I just don't think, I think they'll probably lose most of the games by like 10 to 15 because they just don't have the, the, the firepower. Yeah. I think this is a short series too. Boston, even with the questionable decisions Missoula has brought forth, though he did a much better job in the final two games of the conference semis, 
I think the Celtics team is in a good position to take over. I find this to be a short series as well. And you don't even need Tatum to necessarily score 50 points in an elimination game every single time. And we know that he has been slow to start in certain games. But as long as he's facilitating and you also have other role players doing their parts, whether it's Marcus Smart getting his assists, Jalen Brown is another scorer. Hal Horford, we know he there is definitely a playoff foul in there. If he does what he has to do, I think this is a great team of fundamentals, and that'll lead them back into the NBA Finals again. I got two words for y'all, man. Foul trouble. Foul trouble. Like, yeah, yeah, um, Miami smaller, which is prone to get Boston in foul trouble. That's the way I see it. A lot of smaller okay, guys. They're on. deep here, so it's not as big a deal. Like, like who who is is, is Boston going to get in? It might be getting into foul trouble that's going to obliterate like Boston. Are they going to get so? So how often are you going to have uh, Pritchard guarding Jimmy Butler? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like okay, but like they just don't play Peyton Pritchard. They'll just switch. They'll play. They'll play uh, Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon. It. Yeah. That's how often I, do you want Derek White to get smoked by Jimmy? Like getting cooked okay, by Jimmy? But, Derek White can yeah. like he's pretty high defensively, but he's not about to stop Jimmy. He doesn't minutes. have to, but he's a better, he's a good offensive player. So it, it's not like, like, so it, Derek White isn't going to be the primary defender on. Like, it'll be probably Jalen. I think it's Jalen Brown to, who does yeah. it. But it's a, like, they can throw guys, like, they'll throw Grant Williams at him. Fuck it. Like, spoiler alert. They, the Heat love to be down. I don't know if you paid attention this, this, this playoffs. When they're down, they love that shit. They're like, like, they play harder or something. Like, and then you got, um, then you got like the Celtics, the Celtics like to, like you said, disappear. They literally like to just make blunderheaded moves. Like, I don't know, like not show up for like a nine Oh run. You feel me? Like, where are you guys defensively? You guys know that they got shooters over there in Miami. Why are you guys? Yeah, but a nine Oh Miami run could take 15 minutes. Or it could take about three. I'm just, you know. Yeah. Just... Like, like I had, yeah, yeah, it, it could take either of them, but I don't like I think they, they they got a little bit of a swagger from coming back in that. So I think they're going to be a little more focused in this series. The real question is, does Mizzou understand how to do timeouts and shit? Like, that's mm-hmm. – like, that, like like, I, I just don't see it. And then and then that's the next thing. You got a fresh new coach, right? Eric Spolster's been here before several times. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not his first – like, yeah, he went I, there with LeBron, the but fresh, he's been there the since coach after. Just beat him last year. Without LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> what? The first E-may, coach E-may just did it last like, year. Yeah, in the last Eastern Conference. Granted, Ebay is a better coach than than uh, than Missoula, but like it like literally just happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that was a Miami team that was lacking in a bit of depth. If you if you, if you ask me, but like <laughs> more depth than this team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you miss you're missing a top star or a top player for them. Yeah, like Bro, the, the, it's, it's a good year for them. I still think they should trade Jimmy Butler. Bam coming out of the ah, shell whoa, at least the last. I, I mean, at least last, last year. Last year we didn't have Kevin Love. Kevin Love does provide a, a, a slight bit of a presence. Rebounding, With his baseball passes. Baseball passes that have been prolific. Like, come on, like they've come, like they they've sparked runs. They've helped continue and carry runs. Like 
Yeah, like, I, look, I, I, I'm not disagreeing that this isn't a good team. I'm just saying you're not as good and you're not as deep as the Celtics. Like, you're not going to get your ass – you're not going to get caved in. Like, there's no world where Miami loses a closeout game by, like, 35 points unless the other team goes, like, 15 for 25 from three-point range. Like, like unless that type of shit happens, you're not going to lose a game by 35 points. Like you're gonna lose it by ten to fifteen points because they're just a little bit better than you. They have a little bit more weapons. Spoiler alert: You called a baseball pass. Kevin Love just got an assist off of one. Like you know, like literally, like this game is like pretty good right now. Miami just brought it. Miami just was down ten. They're tied up right now. You gotta understand. You gotta understand. Miami has been proving themselves over and over again to be a team that you cannot count out. Okay. So Miami and six again, and you know I called that last time in the New York City. Miami and six. Let's get it. I'm going with Boston and five. Close that at home. I also yo. If we take if we take if we take this game in Boston, Miami and six. All right. I definitely want to, when we check in next week with it, we'll see how far it goes. So let us eulogize the four teams that were knocked out in the second round of the playoffs. Let us start with the Philadelphia 76ers. They were up 3-2 in this series. Game six at home. They blow it with 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 a late Tatum rampage. Game seven, looks like they didn't even show up. They lost that game 88 to 112, and uh, their season is done here in this trust the process era. A few days later, Doc Rivers, despite two years on his contract, he's fired. There are reports of James Harden wanting out to return to Houston and join Ime Udoka there. And like I said, this was supposed to be the trust the process era. What did it start in about 2015 16? And all these years later, they still haven't even made a conference finals. It's time to blow this team up once and for all. They're clearly taking one step in getting a new coach. And now we're going to see what's going to happen next. But ultimately, talk to me about the future of the Sixers team and what's going on there. Well, okay. So the most predictable thing that would happen in this playoffs is James Harden would shit the bed. (laughs) Like all that. Called that. Like literally yeah, everybody yeah. called that. And that's like the most predictable thing in every single season is James Harden will shit the bed in a, in a big game. Like it is just it like it's like clockwork. Now you're they gotta blow it up. Like the only the only way you don't blow this up is if you do a three-team deal where James Harden ends up in Houston, you send like the third pick or the, the fourth pick and like Jalen Green and I don't know, like one other dude, some other, something else to make the math work to to Portland. And they get um and Philly gets D- Damian Lillard. Like you saying Jalen Green to Portland? Yeah, you they because the, the, the J- Portland gets all the picks and the players and shit, so they send Damian Lillard to um to Philly. Other than that, you gotta blow the shit up. Damian not Dame not leaving Portland. Right. So well that's... hold on. We'll we'll talk about Portland later, but like that's the only reason not to blow the shit up. Like you can't, you can't bring back James Harden. You just can't. Like it, it's the most cursed team in in the history of the league if you bring back James Harden. And also, like, where are you going to get better? Like, 
I don't know if they have a, a first round pick. I don't think they do. Um, I think if it's, uh, Brooklyn has it. Um, no, yeah, you're right. Jesus, uh, if I'm Philly, if I'm Philly, I'm tossing James Harden over to Dallas. I'm bringing Ka- I'm bringing Kyrie in. Oh, yeah, but Dallas is not going to trade for, for James Harden. Nobody James wants Harden that wants- mess with Kyrie. Kyrie might as well retire. And I think he wants it too. He might as no, well with this. So the James Harden report that Matt um, brought up was he wants to be in a, he wants a four year deal and he wants to be in a place where he has the freedom to be James Harden, which I assume is to just get fucked up in strip clubs all the time. And then, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know why you'd want James Harden. Like, it doesn't make sense for him to go to Houston. Like, they're not going to win. You're not going to win in Houston. That, that team is so so disorganized. And that's and, also the joke about James Harden. Does James Harden even want to win? No. Well, like, James Harden. Not that James Harden's like, if James Harden wanted to win, he wouldn't have blown it up in Oklahoma City like a decade ago. Right. <laughs> uh, which is crazy that that was a decade ago. Like, so much shit stuff. Anyway. Billy, no, like, like I, I look, I'm sorry. They had their fun with this. Like, it's it's not gonna work. I don't know whether you go. Like you have to. You're gonna okay. You're gonna do whatever you do with James Harden. You can't bring James Harden back in four years. Like you can't. Like even watching that first net series, I remember I was talking about this, saying he looks old. He cannot. He doesn't have it. He had the 45. He has his moments. He's still a good passer, but he's not that okay. like. And then where else? Like you got to trade Tobias Harris probably. That's like your only oh. trade chip. Are we talking about the NBA's best journeyman? Like, are we serious? Come on, dogs. Like, but what is what journeyman are you when every single place you go to, you bring a bad vibe and a dark cloud to the team? You're responsible for coaches losing their jobs. You're responsible for having teammates having so much animosity. That's why it would make sense if you go to Chris a Paul team that's and terrible. Russell Westbrook put on him within a year. Yeah, yeah. The only person who lasted like a decent amount of time with him was Dwight Howard. <laughs> and he's playing in Taiwan now. And listen, Dwight Howard got a ring. Yeah, that was hard, though. Yeah, they, they, I, I think it would just make sense to go to a team that's not going to win for a long time and, you know, get your money, finish out your career. And then maybe in 10 years, he writes a book or he's in and tell all podcasts where he says, yeah, I probably could have tried harder. But I was just it like the life. He's gonna be- write a book. What's he gonna write a book about? How I sucked my way through the NBA? Like how I yeah. If it gives him a lot of money, like yo, I listen. Mean, look, he has all the money. Hey, it listen, doesn't matter. He's gonna listen. James Harden is the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the NBA. Somehow, for some strange he has a lot reason, more to lose <laughs> this nigga keeps getting paid. We trying to figure it out. We, who keep paying this brother? Like, can somebody please tell me? Because James oh, Harden. So I have a question then. Who would you rather pay for the next four years, James Harden or Tyree? Max, well, uh, uh, no, no, Kyrie uh, Irving or James Harden? Oh, Kyrie all day. Kyrie all day. I, I guess Kyrie because when all when he's in the right place in the right time in the right opportunity, he has stepped up. Literally exactly. banked a shot to win a championship. But I, I he won a championship. But he but at the same time, we're, if we're talking about two players where we don't know where their heads at, 
Um, I do think I mean, Kyrie cares a slight bit more if, if that means anything in this case. Um, I mean, they've won essentially the same amount. Like, the only reason Kyrie has a title is because of LeBron. Like, wow. like Kyrie has won. No, no, this is not even, like, up for debate. Kyrie has won literally nothing without LeBron. Yeah, yeah, if you talk about it in that sense. So, like, at least with James Harden, you 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 can win something. It may just be the regular season. And you, as long as you have like a guy who's going to to you know carry you in the in the postseason, that's fine. But like, I I don't know what this franchise does. I think you you try to do a sign and trade with I don't fucking know where he goes, um, and then you do the same thing with Tobias and just try to reload. But I think it's it's the the process is for all intents and purposes is over. Clearly, I'm blowing the whole team up. I'm trading Joel Embiid. Like, yeah, that was my last question in this point. Joel Embiid, what's going to happen with him? Well, the question is like, yeah, he's really good in the regular season, but he's he's going to get hurt. Like, he always gets hurt. A tale um, as and, old as time. And also, the we need to talk about the 20s. We got to talk about the like his performance in the playoffs. He had a nine-point drop in scoring for the regular season to the postseason. That is the largest drop in 25 years. Not only is it the largest drop in 25 years, it is a larger drop than all the MVPs combined in the last 25 years. Now, how much of that is him being injured? I don't know. But he certainly got his, he certainly got shook in those last couple of games. And I don't know, like... You know, maybe somebody else can figure out how to do it, but I don't know how much more you're going to get. If Joel Embiid's your second best player, you're probably going to win the title. But like, who? Where? Where would he go? Like the Knicks? The Knicks are the Knicks going to trade for Joel Embiid? Oh wow, we're going to go into that conversation this that summer, be, whether it's him or that Kat. would be interesting. Y'all would Miami, be I guess Miss Rich Robinson is going to be kicked to the curb, but. My, this is a Miami, time to step like, up. Miami doesn't have the pieces to trade for. I trade. I would trade. I would trade. I see Joel as a New York kind of guy, though. I, I would trade like three picks and like four players from Miami for for Joel Embiid, and Bam is one of them. Right. I love right. Bam, but he'd have to go. Yeah, and I think those conversations with him it will be decided. You know, we'll see how far Miami goes. But well, blow that bitch it, up. Call, yeah, I don't know. If, if, I think that's the general vibe is they, they got to blow it up. Yeah, well, and that up. means you have to hire. Don't get a veteran coach. Get call somebody new in there. Well, don't get an available Michael, Mike D'Antoni. Don't do it. Don't, don't get a younger look, coach. Get a uh, – Trying you know, to win from with the scratch. 2016 Rockets in 2023 is not an ideal idea. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying it's it's restart everything with I don't know if this owner's gonna focus more about his will focus more with his Washington commanders and let um you see he's about Josh Harris is about to acquire the commanders and you know let Daryl Morey do his thing, trade his trade his uh, baby away, James Harden well, and you know the process has failed. Like this will be a very fascinating oh. ca- case study on how this coin how this term was coined have you've had ben simmons go through the process jimmy butler joel mb james harden and again it's all turned into a mess <laughs> a real big mess but i mean like it's not like other teams haven't done this 
like they, they didn't go to the degree that the Sixers did. Yeah, with all the, their tanking to get that. Right, but like uh, Detroit's doing the same fucking thing. The Houston was doing the same fucking thing. Like the teams have been bad for like a long. Like they didn't do it to. And the, they've made the, it to the conference finals sooner than the Sixers. Sixers haven't been there since one. Yeah, like it's not it it's not unprecedented. I mean, it was a little unprecedented the way they like they did it, but. Yeah, they have to be like your Spurs, you know, just naturally tank, and then you just get blessed with the uh, first round pick. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get that. to the like, Spurs. Seriously. We'll get to the Spurs, but yeah, yeah. the the only The only case of the four major sports I can think of that actually worked with the tanking is the Houston Astros, and they got caught cheating. So, just naturally be bad, everyone. And it's not like oh. they changed the rules because of what Philly did, so it's not the same anymore. What if? What if? What, what if? What if the number one pick is a bust? Well, that's happened a lot. Well, yeah, also, again, like the the lottery is a crapshoot. Like if um if Joel Embiid is healthy the year he comes out, he's the number one overall pick. If um if uh you know people realize where the game is going, they're not taking Julia Local for a third. Like <laughs> like. Maybe they're taking they're taking Giannis or or maybe they're taking swing at uh, Porzingis like like yeah. it's a crapshoot it's hard like obviously having more bites at the apple is better but where is Porzingis Washington it's Washington but yeah they have a long ways to go too what a weird franchise but the Sixers the process it's okay some processes yeah, literally like, fail like, and but they yeah, have- it was worth trying. Yeah, it was an interesting thing. You you, you got the MVP. You have an MVP. Like, what happened to? Yeah, it, <laughs> like you get it. Like sometimes you hit the ceiling and it sucks. Fire Doc like, Rivers. Sorry, Utah. Sorry. Utah was the best team in the West for three years before they blew that shit up. Like sometimes you got to pull the plug. Yeah, facts. Let that balloon go, baby. What's next? Who else we killing off? Who else we saying goodbye bye to? I I, I want to. Can we can we just shoot over to the Knicks? Come on, Matt, please. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that after we talk about the Suns. So it goes east, <laughs> west, east, west. So we have the Phoenix Suns. They uh... okay. Phoenix Suns made all these big moves in the middle of the season. Trade away Bridges. They get Kevin Durant. And they make it to the playoffs. They win around. They play Denver. They make it a deep series. Then they get embarrassed at home. And their brand new owner, Matt Ishba, fires a coach of the year winner, Monty Williams. And they are figuring out what they can do. But let me ask this one question, guys. You know, we always talk about star power in the NBA. And this Suns team had some star power no doubt about it, especially with Booker. Kevin Durant was healthy. Though Chris Paul was hurt in the end of the playoffs, he is Chris Paul still. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton's there. And despite that, despite the quote-unquote star power, they weren't able to make it work. And regarding this franchise specifically, and I think this really works with this Denver Nuggets team. But if we're just going to go to old school fundamentals and playing team basketball, does the Suns losing in this series prove that it's not about the star power? You have to get players that mesh well. Of course, you could have stars within that. 
but you can't just always go for the big names because it just may not mesh well. No, you can't go for the big names in the middle of a series, the, in the middle of a season, and not have enough rotation players to have an actual team. Like, Thanks. um, like they had. So we talked about this in this Nugget series. Four players on the on the Suns scored over fifteen points in a game. Period. Four players: Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Landry Shamit, and uh, Campaign. You cannot win a series unless a whole bunch of other guys are scoring 14. Like, you, they just did not have rotational players. And this is, like, they should not have fired Monty Williams. Like, that was a mistake. You cannot, you cannot blow up your team in the middle of the season and then blame the coach for that. I mean, yes, losing by 40 again is embarrassing. Uh it's a combination of them literally not having rotation players. And also, maybe the – I mean, the Nuggets are really fucking good. Uh, like, so that, that's a combination. It's a, it's a bad look. But you have – you have Devin Booker and Kevin freaking Durant. Like, you can dump Chris Paul on somebody. You can do a trade with um, Indiana with DeAndre. Like, they have ways to get better. You, you're going to get guys off the scrap heap to, to come in and play, like, rotational minutes. Um, like Jacques Lindell was out of was in the San Antonio last year and he fucking sucked. <laughs> like, like I was I was excited when we got him. We were hyping him up as this like really good. He sucked. He was bad. Like, but he was he played good serviceable backup minutes. Uh, the fact that Bismack Biombo was playing in playoff games in the year twenty twenty three is 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 a fucking mystery. Like. That man sucks too. He has been good since that that the one time in Toronto where he had two 2020 games. Uh, that was the only games they won that did that series. And then uh, Orlando signed to do a three year contract because they didn't realize how basketball was played. Like mm-hmm. this team just. This is why when we 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 talked about this trade, I said you you can't judge them on this year. You got to judge them on next year. And yeah, it's they have a lot more questions going into next year than I think they expected. Like the eight in piece is bad. The, the Chris Paul thing is definitely bad. But, like, you still have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And Devin Booker played out of his fucking mind. Like, like he, he, you give him a little help, he doesn't have to play that great. But he's shown he can be the best player on a, on a team that wins a series. Like, granted, all, all of this would be would be a totally different story if Kawhi and Paul George weren't made out of paper mache because they would have fucking lost that series too. But um, it's it, you, you got you to gotta give him another offseason. To figure it out, like it's it's as simple as that. This is a okay. We the this is when you you build a, a wreck team. Like you you roll up with a bunch of random people. A couple of them are really good, but you play against a team that actually is cohesion. It's it doesn't matter how much better everybody else is if you don't if, if the other team is just you know deeper. And you think the Suns are capable to turn it around within an off season? And do you think that coach to do that would be more of a veteran, a veteran available, maybe a Bootenholzer? Again, no, if we want to bring, it, 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 do we bring, do we bring back the Antoni? No, Try you bring me. It's Nick Nurse. It's Nick, Nick Nurse. Nurse. You have to get Nick Nurse. Okay. Like, I know, like those are the three names. It's Bud, Nick Nurse, and and Monty. I don't even know Bud is going to coach next year because his brother just died. He may take the year yeah. off. He probably should take the year off. But wouldn't blame him. If I was Monty, I'm going to New York. If I was Monty, I'm going to Toronto. 
Like, like if we're talking about this, because I, I I know this is a really fire song, um, oh, we'll get into that. Of, I don't think of, the, the of the available coaching positions, Philly, Toronto, Milwaukee, Phoenix. Obviously, Monty can't go back to Phoenix. Like, I think if you're look, willing to win a championship like next year, it's probably Milwaukee. But if you're looking for like to build a cohesive team and to have a little bit of um, to be able to build something, I think it's Toronto because. Messiah Chu is a really good GM. Um, and they have pieces to move in and blow it up around Scotty. Like, it's not, I think that's where Monty should go is Toronto. I think Nick, just switch Monty and, and, and Nick Nurse. But I, I would not hire, hire Holzer if I was the Suns. You know what? I would. I agree with that. Monty and Toronto probably would do Toronto good to turn their whole organization back around because we can't pretend they like they are champions. Yeah, they should blow it up. And we can't pretend they like they blow it up the just I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I would have got rid of I would I would have got rid of Siakam, not because he's bad, but because next year he might not have that same trade value. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I want to get as much as I can get to be prepared for next year. I would have like, traded Obi if if somebody offered me three first round picks for OG and Anubi, they should have taken it. I would have taken uh, yo, bro. I'm trading everybody. OG Van Bleet, everybody. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to sign a trade band fleet. They may he just they just may lose him. Um, and that's like like Scotty's good, but it, you know, getting somebody in this like draft higher than where they ended with twelve, I think something like that. Um, is is just not boy. But this Suns team, it really just comes down to man have a fucking roster. Like they were playing. Toy Craig big minutes. They were playing. I don't even remember the wings they had. High Tower. Do they have a High Tower or is he in Miami? Like who the fuck? Like it, it, you know. I think when they do those, you know, you, you know when they said those um those memes of like, hey, I'm this much of a fan that I watched like the Knicks when they had like a lesson spread versus the Lakers when it was like Wesley Johnson and like Ed Davis, like those type, like that's what Philly or Phoenix was running with. Besides Kevin Durant and and Devin Bowen. Like it, they just didn't have a team. Bro, it might as well it might as well have been us on the court. It, I, Devin, for all we know it was us. For all anyone knows it was you and me. Like legitimately. And you know, I don't know about you, but I can get a couple rebounds. So you know I don't think you could get I don't think we could get any rebounds in the NBA. <laughs> in the NBA, nah, 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 I get no street ball, yeah, at the LA fitness. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you meet me at the court downtown, like, I'm getting some rebounds. But, you know, like, it, it, maybe I might have been on the court, and that might explain yeah, like, why like, they got like, blown out by 40. Like, here's a, here's an interesting uh, thought process. Could this team have won, like, a FIBA tournament? This, this Suns team is currently constructed. Like, maybe? If they're healthy, probably. But, like, <laughs> like that's not, like... That's a question you should ask yourself when the team loses. Could this team have won a FIBA tournament? And if the answer is no, no then you're not going to win the NBA playoffs. Like, they just didn't have the players. It it, it comes down to, to, to as simple as that. True. It's true. And I agree with you on that one. I'm not even going to try to argue. I'm going to try to make a, a case for them boys. And, yeah, they should never fight Monty. I just – I was talking about it. Like, that was, like, probably the saddest thing that came out of that one. I mean – that 40-point loss is pretty sad, too. And, but 
nah, G, like, this is pretty bad. Like, this was pretty bad. Yeah, it, and, like, I don't, I don't even know if we got a reasoning for firing Monty. Like, yeah, they got none. They got none. They got none. Like, it just, it was, it was the, and because it sends a message to, like, as an organization, because they've generally been a relatively good organization. Well, let me rephrase that. The last couple of years they've had, they haven't done anything like fucked up to the players. They've had their like big scandal issues with their previous owner. But generally they've treated their players like pretty well over the last couple of years. So it is it is weird that they 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 I'm saying, like, Matt, so... Matt, you want to eulogize the, the next first? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. So transferring over to the New York Knicks right now. New York Knicks, all in all, if you took, I think I even said it at the preview show. The goal is to win a playoff series. They they did that. They go into another playoff series as a favorite, and ultimately underperformed to an extent. Even though deep down, it was true that the Heat were a better team, despite the Knicks' shortcomings, not having Emmanuel quickly. And despite winning a giving us at least a game five to have one more awesome spring night in Madison Square Garden, we go down to Miami and ultimately things did not work out. So now the future. So ultimately, this Knicks team has to focus on the future. And here it is. The New York Knicks and what was a major problem in the regular season is obviously all signs point to Julius Irving. Julia serving my heart. So, all right, let me say this. My heart says Julia Serving's got to go. And there's signs to, oh, wait, Julia Serving. Sorry, we're talking about Dr. J. Excuse me. Julius Randall, everybody. All signs point to Julius Randall being the crux of this team. If this guy is not having a triple double, if this guy is not balling, he has a bad attitude, and he brings that bad attitude to that locker room and that bench and on the court. We've literally seen him put hands on teammates like Emmanuel quickly when he's mad. We've literally seen him flip off the fan base. And when he doesn't perform and when things look bad, he's automatically the scapegoat. And then you're going to be like those knuckleheads who ripped up his poster at a scaffolding in New York City. Now, I don't agree with that. And I don't hate him that much. I just don't think he's a New York guy. And this clearly isn't the place. We're only going to go as far as Julius Randle makes us. And I understand it's likely that he's going to stay. But this guy has to let his guard down. Understand that it's more of Jalen Brunton's team. And, you know, they focus on that. The big thing we have to do is just re-sign Josh Hart to start off. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. And... If there are any disgruntled stars who want to leave, you know, Giannis, Luca, who knows what the possibilities are there, or more realistic chances like a Carl Anthony Towns. We just know that at the end of the day, despite a disappointing ending to the season, the Knicks at least can be taken seriously and actually taken seriously long term, not just one season like they did in 2021. But all of faces criticism against this team is true especially they could not score for shit and it would and you at least give props to Jalen Brunson giving everything he's got 
because he did perform well in game six. No one else did. And then the big question about RJ Barrett, is this time for him to go? I know that some people wanted to trade him, but he did perform well in the postseason. Maybe not in the final couple of games. No, definitely not in game five and sure as hell not in game six. But he is still our young draft pick, third overall, and there is still time to develop for him. But and then also with Coach Thibodeau, I think you do have to give him at least one more year. He has led the team to two of the last three. He's led the team to two postseasons in the last three years. I know people are worried about how much he plays his players and he runs them into the ground. But the guy is a good coach. He again deserves at least one more year. And of course, if that doesn't happen, it's time to go. But I think the big win now is 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 the fact that we are at least taken seriously long term, and then maybe finally people want to come here. Yeah, you have to lost Thibodeau too, because Thibodeau has been one of those coaches that get you to the playoffs. The narrative never changes about him. He's old driving coach, um, very old school, but he just can't win y'all the big ones. Well, because of that, I say toss Tim to the side. And yeah, but who's going to be better? Who's going to be the difference maker there if we're going to really switch it up like that? Monty, Nick Nurse. Like, I mean, I get like, it. They're better coaches, coaching perspectives out there, but... It's not, it's not a coaching thing. Exactly. He got this roster as far as it's going to... Like, 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 good. Like, Tibbs has changed. Like, he's he at least this season, he, he played his young guys more. He... You know, he didn't drive his players in the ground as much. Like, he was playing grunts right. in 48 minutes a game because everybody else at the end of that series was shitting themselves. Like, like it was Brunson or nothing. Yeah, um, Deuce McBride wasn't going to come in yeah, to like, make big moves for us. I'm getting rid of top end. I'm getting rid of top end. And oh, don't uh, – well. No, but, like, but, but, but there's I'd no reason RJ. to – there's no like there's like it, it is very clear that that Julius Randle as a cultural issue is not gelling with this roster. Uh and I don't I think I think there's a pretty good chance you could talk the Hornets into taking him. Um uh you know, something like him for a sign and trade with uh PJ Washington or something. Uh but like just ran on a thunder. Like there's there's like there's te- there's ways to get rid of. Um, he did like like as bad as he was in the playoffs. He brought this is the most successful run in like your sports history in like this century. Like for the next like like that like you haven't made a comp the second round since literally a decade. Yeah, it's with the twelve thirteen. Like, like and, that was a bad, have- and that was a bad playoff series against Indiana. Yeah. Like Jalen Brunson is better than, than anybody expected. What a, like, what a win. What a win. Picking like, him Dallas, up this off season. Dallas, like giving up Jalen Brunson, it's basically going to cost them Luca. Um, yeah. It, and that's going to put a detriment, the franchise for many years. It really is. Yeah. Like that's, that's how, how impactful he was. Like RJ was good. At, for the, like he sucked in the first couple uh, games of the playoffs, but he was relatively good during this this run. Like you yeah. have you have some guys who can like quickly could get better. Josh Hart is a, is a dog. Like Mitchell Robinson is never going to better. Like he just he's just bad. Like he 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 can't finish all the time. Like it is it is doesn't alarming. score. Terrible. Free it is alarming shooter. the number of dunks get those and layups he misses when his range is dunk and layup. Um, I get that. Like, let me can I can I interject real quick? Jalen Brown might be down 
on a wild pileup on the court in the Miami Celtics game. He's like holding his arm screaming. Okay. Wow. I'm so sorry that, to that hear that. Um, like, like, look, this is, and I, I've said this, this is the best outcome you could have hoped for. This series should have gone five. It went six because you, you took the game where Jimmy was hurt. But you got the, the New York game in New York. So, like, be happy. Again, this is the, oh, the yeah. thing that hurt. This was the thing that um, we talked about when they won the first series. Do not turn into the, uh, what was it, 20, 2021 Hawks, where you think you're better than you actually are. Like, I think th- this Knicks team has a, a grasp of exactly how good they are, and they can – smartly because it's not like you don't have like a bunch of draft picks and shit that you can like you can go after somebody i think going after towns is probably a mistake uh yeah i don't we, i think certainly don't going after get him that's getting a big name for the sake of getting a big name right i think I the mean, same thing with Levine. i i don't i wouldn't trade for zach Levine either nah uh, what you need what y'all what y'all need literally is a solid i get like a jared allen for y'all like literally a big man like y'all like mitch was pretty good but y'all need someone but no, but no, he was not going to give him up when they, yeah, when they and also Jared Allen's not that much of an upgrade. You need like an actual. I I think really what you need is like a wing, like like I don't know what's going on with Cleveland or with the Clippers, but I mean if Paul George is available, go sign Paul George. Or like a I mean, get like a you think so? Like a Bogdan Bogdanovich or or I wouldn't get I, I yeah maybe if you if you could the trade one from the, like, the 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 uh, the other one, not not the not the Detroit. Yeah yeah the one in Detroit. Yeah, no, 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 like, no, 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 no. Not the one that used to be on the Jets. The one that used to be on the – is he still on the Hawks? Oh, or is that Bobon? Bobon, uh, I think – it doesn't Bob, matter. It doesn't matter. Get the other Bogdanovich. The, the one in Atlanta or the one yeah. in Detroit? Get that Bogdanovich. Like, he'll upgrade your wing shooting and probably, like, somebody's going to 3 and D. And y'all, yeah, and, like, like – or, or depend – maybe sign Joe Ingles. Like, like Joe Ingles in the offseason would, would be I a good. I to say like, Joe Ingles, but I thought he might be too old. Like, but yeah, but you don't need Joe Ingles for like the regular season. You 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 need him kind of for the playoffs to be that connector guy. Like, like he's fine for that, and it would help a lot of the younger guys. I think like, like you don't need a home run swing right now. You you hit it last year. You you figure out what you do with Randall, and then you you kind of move on. Like if we don't keep Kevin Love, y'all should pick a Kevin Love up. Someone who's gonna come alive for y'all. Why are we gonna Why are we gonna pick up Kevin Love? That's like he's someone, not gonna make the difference. Someone who's the Knicks have to win now. With remember, the Knicks are also. The, I think they were literally the youngest team in this postseason. They oh, need to grab on that. Love, because Kevin, Kevin Love is what thirty eight years old, and yeah, that's the and that's he was the a lucky thing. renaissance like, there. There's no re- we need to get somebody ready to. We right. need somebody yeah, who's is, gonna be with us for five years. Yeah, you you you're young. The East is not getting better. Like like think about who's like Philly's probably going to be like. There's like four teams that are are going to be good in the East. It's like the Celtics That's always. Yeah, but but like that are actually going to be there. Like the Celtics are going to be there. Giannis, as long as he's there, they're going to be good. Uh, Philly will probably good as long as Embiid is there, but you don't know how long that's going to be. And don't count Miami. And like Cleveland, and like that's it. Like those are the teams for the next like five years that you you you're looking at. Um, and Orlando, it, because they're they're gonna be good in a couple of years. Like like Orlando and Pistons are the teams that are coming up. Them and them, Orlando Pistons and the Pacers are like two years away from being where you are. Actually, the Pistons might be a, a year away. But like, you don't need to rush it. 
you're you're in a good spot to to like organically grow for a year because it's not a good free agent class. Like, yeah, that's the thing too. It's twenty twenty four is the is this is the exciting one. And we'll take that. And who knows who? Maybe we hit on the draft at the with the eleventh pick overall, which we're taking Dallas's pick, but. Ultimately, it wasn't tragic how this ended. We did um, overachieve to an extent. And ultimately, we just have to keep building on this core. And yeah, we do need another big star. And I kind of agree more with the, the wing prediction too. I know there are people who want to be crazy and say maybe get Dame and put a another guard in there, but I don't think that's likely. And ultimately, I think it's this what we decided to do with Julius Randle, but I'm expecting he's going to stay. We'll just have to work with him. Y'all can pick up like an Al Horford, man. Someone, yeah, I know he's old. Y'all need to win now. Yeah, I know he's old and y'all need to win now, but he's going to give you solid veteran presence. He's going to give you work every single day and And, playoff experience. I'm not saying we're going to be the Warriors, but if we take a similar path of a Warrior team, pre-dynasty where... Well, what I mean was a joke franchise at one point because the Warriors were a huge joke before Curry got there. And if we, you know, develop within a few years, make the playoffs, go be better by better, get a, you know, get to each round, get better by better by each round. And then at one point, whether it's the star coach coming in, Steve Kerr, as soon as he took over from Mark Jackson, we know what happened there. If all things click at once, that would be great. But this is hopefully the start of a legitimate era where Jalen Brunson is the number one and leading us to legit success. But uh, that's what I have to say regarding the New York Knicks. Very interesting offseason to see what they do. And speaking of... (laughs) Again, I think Thibs gets at least one more year and we'll see what he does with it. Um, He should have got one more year. Golden State, they lose to this. They lose to the Lakers in six. Sorry, they lose to the Lakers in seven. Ah, lost it. They got eliminated in six games. And the Warriors. The big question here is: the Warriors dynasty over? Yes. Get rid of Steve Kerr. Um, let Steph Curry finish his career out. Get rid of Draymond or let him walk. Um, don't get rid of Clay. Just let Clay and Steph be like the perennial Warriors. Let them just stay there or finish their careers. Warriors hang their jerseys up. You know what I'm saying? Splash Brothers. Um, start building around Jordan Poole, Kaminga, trade Wiggins probably. But I'm definitely getting rid of Steve Kerr. You know what I'm saying? Wiseman, if he's still there, he can go. Why too. get rid of St- Steve Kerr? Yeah, that's 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 nonsense. No, look. It it's probably over, but like the thing they're gonna do now is they gotta try to duck the tax. Like they're probably gonna get rid of Jordan Poole because I I think Kaminka's probably gone too. Um, like it was admirable that they tried to like what they did made sense the two timelines thing with the with these young guys with the Wiseman the Moody the the Kaminga and the um, the pool and. Unfortunately, only Poole popped, but he only popped last year, and then he sucked. Like, mm-hmm. in hindsight, taking Kaminga over Franz is a huge mistake. Like, that that's a that's a that's a huge mistake, and it's not like Moody's not 
a bad player. Like he he has a lot of potential. He could be better. And then letting Gary Payton go and then having to give up the asset that is James Wiseman to bring him back is is a is another compounding mistake. I think it's the shift um shifting away from pool and and coming to try to like duck the tax and then try to recoup yeah that's the one thing i read don't mean to interrupt but i heard of you especially bring back draymond green you might owe as much as 500 million dollars over the luxury tax like like that's nuts it's gonna be it's gonna be an insane like uh tax because this is not like a like um the clippers like the clippers are it's mostly steve ballmer like the the Golden State is owned by a bunch of different people. Yeah, exactly. So, he he could take it not, off. That's that's weirdly chump change for Steve Ballmer. Right. It's not like Joe Lacum is not paying five hundred million dollars. Like there's a bunch of people paying it in together, and especially for a team that's not going to be a title contender. Like yeah, that yeah. Bringing Draymond, like I don't I don't know if you let them. Like I don't I don't know. Like I don't think Clay's going in. But you, you're not bringing Clay back for four years for like two hundred fifty million. I you bring him back for like three for ninety. And and it's like the same thing with you like you kind of give them that um that that like Kobe sweetheart deal where it's, it's like front loaded and then descaling so that because they that's what they mean like the, all three of them are getting their banners and their and statues at whatever their new arena is like like that's that's clear. They were the they were the, the this dynasty, um, but I I don't know how much better they're going to get without making like this is the most fascinating team because I I don't know where they go like I don't even know how to process what they're they're capable of because because they don't like I I don't think that Draymond's leaving but I don't know what the market for him is. Yeah, that's that's does a team want to take an aging Draymond Green? I think Dallas does. I think Dallas would. Honestly, Dallas. I, if I was New York, I would take him. <laughs> Everybody go to New York. I don't. I don't think um, Draymond Green is going to be adding. You know, Larry Johnson, like in the nineties. I don't. It's just too hard to tell what's going on with this team. Like, there's. I think we'll have a better. Yeah, you never hear their owner talk, or at you never hear their representation talk. I think after the draft, we'll have a better idea of what this team looks like, because it'll be, we'll we'll get an idea of if they're shopping uh, Kaminga and um, and Pool for like picks and stuff, or if they're they're shopping Wiggins, or if they're going to like salary dump some guys like that. Yeah, that's. I like your point about especially the draft and you know, find placements. Like if we're, again, comparing to another sport, like Houston Astros and MLB, they're dominant, but they know how to draft well and develop in their system so they don't have to pay these steep contracts. Um, And it seems like the Warriors just didn't do that. But in a league like the NBA, where if you have a small core of three to five guys and they could stay healthy for, you know, this era is what, seven years old, seven, eight years, it works. But, you know, you can't be father time. You really and can't. They have the opposite problem of like the Knicks. Like the West is definitely getting better. It, the the yeah. West is going to get a lot fucking better really quickly. And you know, are they? How are they going to keep up? Is the question. Very interesting stuff. And how can we keep up with John Morant? We saw John Morant on Instagram Live this week, or I should say, this past weekend, showing another firearm. This is. 
and this is in reaction to two months where he was showing off a gun in a strip in a strip club in Denver. He gets caught. He meets with Adam Silver, the commissioner. He has a long talk with him. He goes to rehab in Florida. He gets suspended eight games. Back in the playoffs, they get knocked out by the Lakers. And then he gets caught again with a gun. You can see how visibly upset uh, Commissioner Silver was during the draft lottery. I don't know if you saw that interview or not, but he was upset. He himself said it might get to be the worst case scenario for him, whether that's a 30, 40 game suspension. So half a season, I think John Morant has to face the music this time because he made the commissioner look really bad apologizing. And, you know, he said a statement that definitely was written by some PR team. Maybe it was written by Chad GBT, but it didn't seem sincere. And not that that matters or anything, but, I think John Morant really has to really has to learn his lesson from this. Do you guys agree? Okay, so there's two things to this. One, what John did is not worse than what Kyrie did. Like, let's be very clear about this. Like, what John did is incredibly stupid. Um, and we'll we'll probably get to the JJ quote, but like, I, I cannot believe he did it again. Like, yeah, it, like, like, I cannot believe he did it again. Um, I, I just don't like, I don't know what they're, I, I don't know how you like, you just need better people around you at this point. And maybe they find him a fuck. Maybe he, he has to sit a bunch of games, but I, I, this is like, it's a maturity thing. And I, I don't know where it goes from that, but I, I think I have an issue with JJ's statement. So could you give us the, or I'll first get Barr's thoughts on this, and then we'll hear the JJ statement. And also Jalen Brown is back on the course. We're glad to see him there. That's correct. Jalen Brown is back on the court. Um, look, I ain't got shit to say about John Moran. Nothing at all. What that brother do, what that brother do is what that brother do. All I all I got to say is, you give me that kind of money, you give me that kind of status, that kind of fame, only time I'm going on live is when I'm dunking. That's it. Yeah, he doesn't have to add to his social status, exactly. Yeah, there's a parade in his city, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And I've heard people talk about how, oh, well, he's just exercising his Second Amendment rights and stuff. But it's the the fact that this is a second offense, that he did go out of his way to apologize and say he changed and he ultimately didn't. Doesn't seem that way. So can you talk about what J.J. Reddick said about I generally think JJ might be like the one of the best, if not the best, like basketball guys currently going on. Like listening to him is is like really insightful and stuff. That's why apparently he's being looked at for possible head coaching position. Yeah, he interviewed uh, for the for the Raptors job. Yeah, I don't know if that was for the head coach or front office position. I I, I think I saw conflicting reports on that. But really, so I JJ's it was response. Coach, okay, um, JJ's saying. response was. He, he did two things. He goes, okay, so there's mass shooting in Texas, and Greg Abbott goes and says, buy more guns. And then he says, okay, this is, um, uh, you know, there's there's people who just, they just take more guns at the answer. He's like, why are we bringing the hammer down on this 23-year-old kid? Well, there's two reasons. One, John Morant is a better person than Greg Abbott. He is just better. Like, he is. Like, he it, it, and he is, and it's a different type of role model that that John Morant is 
than who Greg Abbott is. Like they have different levels of power. Greg Abbott, obviously being a governor, has the ability to change things and has adamantly refused to. Granted, people have the ability to change things. They chose not to. This is what you vote for. This is what happens. But Ja is it's a different thing when it's an athlete. You have a different type of responsibility, especially as a young athlete growing up in America in this day and age. You have to understand the climate that's happening. You can't expect a politician who's been this way for decades to change. But a young athlete growing up with this should know better. That's why the hammers be hammered. We don't know what the, the punishment is. You cannot say they're bringing down a hammer on a player. We do not know what the punishment is. And we will be able to gauge it. Like, we know we know what uh, Miles Bridges got for beating the shit out of his girlfriend. We know what the balance of the palace is. We know what John got for this previous offense. Like, we know these things. But the answer is not, well, why is Ja being punished with these other people? Because, one, they have the ability to hold him accountable for his own actions, in which case you cannot hold Greg Abbott accountable for his actions until it's an election. Ja has to be able to use his platform in a more responsible way. And that's that's really what it comes down to. He's irresponsible with his platform in a in a in a climate where he should know better, especially after the first time. A hundred and fifty percent agreed. Uh, it all comes down to, and I think people give me the talk when I say this shit, like, cause I say it a lot about celebrities, like, like rappers and shit, but you're a role model. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you become, when you have a certain level of status, when you have a certain level of fame, you become a role model. Kids out here talking about, yeah, I'm trying to be like John Moran. So you trying to hold up a gun on live? Like, you see, you're trying to be more than what you are. Like, you see, you see what I'm saying? So then you got to put that in perspective for people. When you have platforms and you can reach out and you can say some shit, is what I'm about to say the right thing? Who's going to be affected? Who's going to follow what I'm saying? Who views me as an idol? Eminem got a song. Who knew, right? I never knew I could get him to do all of this shit, right? The same thing. You're a role model. You're in the light. You have the platform. You got the room and the stage to 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 influence the younger generation, especially since they they all up and down social media. Like social media is more prevalent now than it was when we were younger. So now it's just like everything social media. You're on social media waving guns. Now you're getting these little kids that was hooping to think, okay, I can hoop and wave guns. This is not yeah, a good. And it's also like, if this is part of what the NBA has to, they I think they try to do this with their their rookie. They have a, uh, I think probably all sports have this. Like when you're a rookie, you go to um, like seminars to to kind of teach you how to be like professional in this level because it, it, it's a lot. It is a lot to be able to deal with this. You're you maybe you're a kid who grew up in poverty or you've never had this type of uh, um, uh, spotlight on you. It's a lot of it's a lot to learn how to deal with, and it appears, especially in Jaws' case, that the people he's used to being around him aren't the best influence on, him. and it may take him a little longer to grow up. Like, remember, he's twenty three. When I was twenty three, I I mean, obviously, I, I wasn't waving guns around and shit, but like, you you're kind of still an idiot. Like twenty three year olds, you know, are still idiots. Yeah, um, and. It, it's it's a maturity thing, and he has to 
or somebody around him has to come to has to be able to talk to him about the people around him and for him to be able to make a better decision about who he spends his time with. Like right. there, there's a reason that some of the like the like these some of these camps don't leak or these these players don't do this is because they have better representation or they have better people around them to take care of it. And this may just be a two thing that he learns from. But you you gotta understand like you gotta be better. Not just be that because just because somebody else is bad doesn't mean that you get the right to be bad. And he, he just needs to be better. And he owes it to his fans and he owes it to his team and he owes it to his teammates. Like this awesome. Grizzlies team has just like fallen off a cliff in the last year. Very sincere takes. I respect it. Uh, Bars, you have one more thing to say before we uh, finish um, up with the lottery? He, he honestly, he owes it to himself too. Because he's better than that. He should really be beating himself up because he knows he's better than that. As a young man. Think about about how much people loved him like like two years ago. NBA Rookie of the Year. I I was all in that John Morant boat. So I mean, like, and then you do this dumb shit like this. Still in your boat. Still in your boat. Still in your boat. Just want you to make better moves as a role model and as a young man. And as a young black man, I was trying to keep race out of it as long as I could. But he got to look at his, he got to look at his actions as an athlete. And then he got to look at his actions as a black man in America. What are you doing? Very sincere points. We appreciate that. So let's finish it off with the NBA draft lottery. Everybody's favorite lottery to watch in this country, in this world. So we know the 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 way they pick their teams, um, the way they pick their draft picks is through a lottery system, and this is what happened. The results are in. The San Antonio Spurs are picking number one in the 2023 NBA draft. We then have the Charlotte Hornets at two, Portland Trailblazers at three, Houston Rockets at four, and the Pistons are at five. Those are your top five. The top 14, you also have the Magic appearing a couple of times. The Mavericks are picking at 10, but that pick is going to the Knicks. We have the Wizards, Jazz, Pacers. It's the 10th pick stays with Dallas. If it fell out of the Oh, sorry. Yes, it was the 11th. Yes, you're right. So Dallas will pick number 10. And um, very interesting franchises trying to change their ways and get better. But let's talk to the Spurs fan himself. Got to tell me, Faces, how do you feel about your team picking number one after some very, very disappointing seasons? Look, all I could say is this is the best place for a woman. It's San Antonio. We had, we got, we got David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Lemon Young. Like when you tank correctly, like still be aggressive, you get blessed by the best of God. So in, in all seriousness, like holy shit, am I happy? Um, and this is like so. This, this 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 comes down to two questions, real quick. How how aggressively do you want to build around him, and can you build that aggressively? Because there's there's the big factor of the fact that he's seven five and. You know, guys that big, there's there's always the potential for near near injuries. But on the other hand, the Spurs have thirty million dollars in cap space. Like they they have good guys to build around. Um, I had an idea originally: is you take 
you do a trade with the Suns and you get Aiden for like Keldon Johnson and I, I don't know, whatever else makes the math work, something like that. But you only give up like Keldon. Um because Jeremy Sohan's like like a three more and Keldon's a little small. Um and, and you need a you need a big to bang with wet for for somebody to basically bang so when Benyama doesn't have to. But I, I don't know. This after this pick, it doesn't matter for the Spurs. Like it's it's off season's time. So maybe you take in a, on a Chris Paul contract for something else, or you you take on a contract to for like a year to to build around. But we don't know. Like like do we have do I think we take the year to figure out how how fucking good he's going to be because this draft this um this free agent class sucks anyway. So it's not like we're really gonna um we're really gonna uh get like big improvements in, in free agency. And then see how good he is. And then figure it out next year. But like we fucking <laughs> yeah, Yama. It doesn't matter at this point. You got you got the guy who makes everybody else in your team fall into place. But the, the draft starts at two. I mean the draft always started at two, but now it really starts at two because let me tell you, I, I don't know what more what more you guys are gonna say, but I got a lot to say about the next couple picks and like the the myriad ways this this draft can change the franchise. All right. Bars, tell me what you think about the first, the very, number one overall pick. To be honest, uh, I'm not really much of a college basketball guy, but um, I hear this Webb and Yama guy is like really like, um, like what he talked about. He's the guy that, you know, everyone's uh, expecting to go first. I think it's going to be a bust. But, you know, I just got to be the dark horse to call it out now. So when 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 later on he is a bust, right? And I'm not saying this because he's going to the Spurs. And bars dropped. Okay, well hopefully we'll get him back after that. But okay, why don't we discuss more about the other picks? So, which ones are particularly of interest of you? Is it between you said the the next three or you said the next three well, picks? The next, so obviously through five matter. Um, like those are the the big teams. So at two, there's there's two options. It's Scoot or Brandon Miller. Personally, and fit wise, I want them to take Brandon Miller because I want them to rebuild the Jailblazers in the in in Charlotte. Um, so you have Brandon Miller potentially going to prison because of whatever happened with him in this uh this uh potential murder and then you have miles bridges on the same team i I just think that's very funny um i think they should take scoot um because if they take brandon miller that changes everything at three so portland has three and according to them they're going to uh try to trade the pick to get a star and the problem with that is no player available is going to make you a title contender with just that pick. like it's just not going to happen like the best um, the best you're going to get is I'm going to wait for bars to come back and when for me to say this, because I, I got, I got, I got two. So Portland's at the crossroads. If they trade this pick, they're going to build around Damon Lillard, which terrible idea. Like you're not going to want to title with Damon Lillard at this point. You trade the pick. The best you're going to get is Bradley. Beal. I think that's like the only guy who's going to make you move the needle a little bit for this pick. So you do um, the third pick and and Simons and whatever else makes the math work for Bradley. That's like the best you're going to get for this pick. What they should do is trade Damian Lord. Now, 
We already talked about the Houston pick. The true, the true sleeper pick, the sleeper pick for Damian Lord is Orlando. It's well, it's Damian Lillard to Orlando for six, eleven, some combination of um, what's his face? Uh, either uh, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. I think you need Jonathan Isaac in there to make the math work, and then um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, check with Kumwa. I, I don't know, really know what contracts they have just to make the math work, but I think Damian Lillard in Orlando is the sleeper move that. Everybody wins that because there is no team that can protect Damian Lillard better than um, this fucking Orlando team. Like that would be the best place for him to go. Damian Lillard to the Orlando Magic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he clearly is not afraid to go to small franchises. And, and, uh, guard, to them. and he's perfect. Like, he can if he needs to take games off. You can just have the, the young guys go. It's it's the and and if they and the other thing is they he has so much extra time on his contract because of that massive extension. They have him do like twenty twenty six for like sixty million dollars. It's not like they're not going to be able to resign their own guys. It's a young core that's just going to grow. Like that is that is the ideal spot. Like maybe they're not great for his first year, but they're going to get better. I feel the same way. I really do. And we have bars back. And can you just put your phone horizontally for us? So your, your computer. Yeah, we'll get that full screen going. Thank you. So, bars, um, do you mind just restarting your take again about the Spurs? Um. Yeah. Like I said, it's nothing against Spurs in itself. It's more like I just feel like, you know, it's about time we got a number one bust. And I feel like there's all this hype about around Webanyama. And I feel like a lot of these players are coming in the league nowadays, tall, lanky, and not really doing anything. Taco fall. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we just gotta take all that into account. Um, he might even drop and the Spurs might be <laughs> that shit is that is not happening. He said that's not there will happening. be riots in San Antonio if they don't take it. Hey, but listen, if they take Webanyama, uh, hopefully that brings San Antonio back into good basketball because I like that. Hey, you talking about, like, the Spurs getting Webanyama. What if they trade the number one pick and pick up Damian? I pulled up uh, back in a, a weird part of the conversation, but I hear Damian, I hear Damian getting thrown around. i throw the number one pick away for Dame. But you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. Victor Webanyama might be the greatest prospect in basketball history. Like and Michael Jordan got drafted second. Michael Jordan got drafted third. Michael third? Jordan wasn't seven five and shot threes. Like the, oh. not, this would this would be the equivalent of trading the pick that it came. Okay, this is basically the equivalent of the, of Cleveland trading the LeBron pick. That's let's what we're see. Talking. Let's see how he translates into NBA basketball. Yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome. But like let's that's see. not what after the first pick. It that's where it changes. Like. It's it's I still think Dane to Orlando was the best bet for him, but I think no, that trading this pick for nothing is a mistake. Listen, if 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 I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We gotta hear it recorded, but I think Webanyana is gonna be a Webum bus. Webum bus. How do you feel about this? Do you think Webayama is gonna be a bust? Are you asking me that? Oh yeah, yeah, for faces. Oh, absolutely fucking not. The only way he busts is if he gets hurt. That, that, like, you, 
you can't be this this big like the shit we see him doing is just unbelievable he's he's is he going to be you know the best player in the league in, in a year no he's he, I, I think, think he's ever the best, be the best player in the league uh, well what what is his uh somebody on ESPN said he's going to be the best player in 3 years i have no idea like yeah, that, but how do you compare that to to the competition in France? No offense to France, but they're no, not no, the no. NBA or the... thing, So, uh, the Ringer did a really interesting piece comparing him his numbers, and they basically compared him to Luca. Uh, and he he stacks up pretty favorably. But the thing is, like Luca was playing at a better league. Wembyama plays like one game a week. Like it's not going to yeah, directly he... translate. Like he may struggle. Like if he sucks the first like ten games of his career, or something. Or if he's not like a, an unbelievable world beater in year one, and the Spurs aren't like the fourth seed, okay, he's nineteen. It is a massive jump, especially for the hype like that he's had. Um, he's gonna be a bust the first five years in the league. That that's absurd. I'm listening he's, to I'm listening to all the intangibles right now. He plays one game a week. He like plays in a in a shittier in a shittier. No, no, it's. First off, every league outside of the U.S. is shitty. But, like, he's playing, like, the number three league. And that's just how they play their games is, like, once or twice a week. He's still, like, just – you can extrapolate a lot based on what he's done. And you can see him no doing basketball. great. It's not no huh? basketball. He, we're talking about sending him up against guys who live this shit, who play 82 games a fucking season, like, literally. Yeah. And this is the same – he's played essentially the same amount of games that a college player has played. It's not – it's, he's just doing it against pros instead of and against college. Players. How many college players I could list? A few college players look real good in college, come out to be straight busts. Yeah, he's not gonna bust unless he gets hurt. Right. Well, that's my take on it. I don't really got yeah. The reason why stuff. I don't, the reason why I don't watch the draft and shit is because I don't have time to pay attention to who busts and who don't because a lot of these dudes turn out to be nothing. Look at fucking um. Shabazz Muhammad. He was supposed to come out and do some shit. Did nothing. Did nothing. Yeah, but that was like a decade ago. And they're like, look at Giannis. He wasn't supposed to do anything. <laughs> or Jokic. Andrew Wiggins was supposed to be the next LeBron. Um, Andrew Wiggins won Jabari, a title. Jabari Park. Golden State won that title. He won a title with Golden State. Yeah, he did put the work in, and, and I praised him for that work. He was their second but, best player. But I praised him for that work. But Jabari Parker should be the next Carmelo Anthony, and I guess that's right. I guess hurt. that's right. So like, so like, look at it. Uh, Anthony Bennett, former number one. Yeah, Anthony Bennett is, is, is that he was a Boston. Like, let's we can name these players down. Um, Trey Burks. Um, fucking look. At, unfortunately, Victor Oladipo falls on our list. Like you know, what I'm saying like. Uh, no, Victor falls on that list the same reason Jabari does. They just got hurt. Yeah, like sadly, but I'm not. Can I say? Can I say one thing, Bach? I just want to. I don't know if you saw this quote I saw on NBA Central, and I'm going to ask the Spurs fan it. According to a rival scout on the Spurs, getting this is a rival scout and his comments towards the Spurs getting the number one pick. Quote: Fuck that. Those guys have gotten luck already. They already got Tim and Dave. Being able to draft the three best center prospects in the last 35 years would be some bullshit. How do you react to that? (laughs) Wait, hold up. First off, Orlando got Shaq and Dwight. Like, 
Shaq won way more titles than fucking uh, David Robinson did. Uh, and Dwight did win a title. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't with Orlando. Like, nah. Neither that was just Shaq sometimes any of his four. Like that's how it. That sometimes that's just how it worked. Like you just people are just salty. Like in this, like to be fair, I would be salty if we didn't get one B two. I was, and I said this. I wanted him to either go to San Antonio or Detroit. Uh, I didn't think Houston deserved him for how much of a dumpster fire they were. I didn't. I just don't want Charlotte to be good because it's just funny when they're bad. Uh, it's just like I didn't realize Portland had such a good shot at him. Um, I also don't think they deserve Wemby because they really should just be blowing this up. They're wasting Dame's career. Um, so yeah, it just sounds like a cry harder, cope more. That's that's what that's that's all I gotta say to that. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And the last thing to mention, Miami did win game one. Um, and Miami won 123 to 116. I know we just talked about it at the top of the show, but do we have any other comments? Do you think this is the only win Miami's going to get? Miami uh, six. Uh, bars, you were definitely more confident. What do we think about Miami winning game one? I honestly, my... I only watched the first half. I have to go back and see what else happened. So I can't make a, enough judgments. I, I, Miami, I, I, Miami, Miami cold. Yeah, I know they scored 40 in that court. I don't know what happened. I also don't know what's going on with Jalen Brown. So, like, he may actually be more hurt than we than we, we know. And they'll probably make adjustments. It's, again, this happens in every series. It's game one. You can't overreact to game I don't know. The dog pile. I, Miami's my team. I love them. That dog pile was a little unnecessary. That's just what, that's the way I felt. I watched the game. It was a little unnecessary. Um, yeah. They, like, safe, player safety really should be a thing in situations like that. And, I mean, at some point, even without Jalen Brown getting hurt, they were just putting up anything. Like, the, the Celtics do that. They have a tendency where they just kind of throw up weird, bad IQ shots. And it's just like, it is what it is. All right. Well, that's fair enough. We'll see how this all unfolds. We'll check back in next week to see where these series go. And it's going to be a lot of fun, but you both killed it. And great job as always. And we'll talk next week to see where things are going in the NBA. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Oh, no worries, man. All right. Fresh faces, new ideas, bars, the God. We appreciate you guys and we'll see you soon. I have to say that was great. Awesome job, bars and faces. Great, great stuff. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all our social media platforms. We're on Instagram, at Productive Conversations Podcast. Twitter, at Proud Convo Pod. We're on TikTok, at Productive Conversations. Check us out on Facebook as well, at Productive Conversations. So we will see you on Tuesday with an all-new podcast, and we have a huge surprise up our sleeves. You do not want to miss it. I'm just going to leave it with that. A little vague, a little cryptic, but you do not want to miss it. It is a new idea that I think will branch off into a lot of other great ideas, but most importantly, it's going to bring a big smile, bring a lot of laughs, and it's going to be very, very interesting. You do not want to miss it. Trust me. Check out what I'm talking about Tuesday with a brand new concept for the Productive Conversations podcast. Then we're back a week from today to continue our conversation regarding the NBA postseason. And we'll see how the weekend goes. 
by the time we talk a week from now, maybe the finals will already be set. Maybe we'll be in the middle of an intense series. All in all, it's going to be very interesting to talk about, and we'll get all into it a week from today. So we'll continue our NBA postseason coverage a week from today, a special episode on Tuesday, and we'll have quite the week ahead of all Productive Conversations podcast content. You do not want to miss it. Oh, and then Friday, next Friday, we'll also do a little wrestling with their big Saudi Arabia show coming up, Night of Champions. That'll be a special Friday podcast. So three podcasts next week for you, and you do not want to miss it as we head into Memorial Day weekend. But the weekend before is this weekend. Let's have a fun time with it. Let's enjoy the moment. Take it all in. Make good decisions. And let's most importantly relax. It's a crazy world. It's a tense world. But... Let's make the most of it, and let's just have a relaxing weekend this weekend. Preakness is coming up and the PGA Championship, so stay tuned and enjoy that. And uh, hopefully my baseball team turns it around and keeps the great momentum they're going. Go Yankees this weekend. But regardless, I just want to thank Bars the God and Fresh Faces for coming on and doing great work covering the postseason with me on this episode. I want to thank Alexander DeJesus, a.k.a. Doloren, for the great work he does behind the scenes for the show. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for making this a success and always supporting us no matter what. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget to check in on your friends and family, and I'll see you again on Tuesday. Much love, everyone. Peace.